Welcome to Broken Corners. My name's Armando. And I'm Karen. Uh, this season, we've been tasked with uh, reading books and talking about them, like a book club, but better. <laughs> <laughs> we've been tasked, huh? Yeah, the, the, best, the best tasks are the ones you give yourself. <laughs> that should be a crochet thing. <laughs> Like a like a uh, a sampler for the wall. Yeah. Uh, what are those things? Where is that macrame? Macrame is like the bracelets that people would make out of embroidery floss as kids, but like on a larger scale. Even you okay. know, like how people would do those um, like plant hanging pot things. Those gotcha. are macrame. What's the one that they do in a circle? Like it's in a circle. It looks like um, an embroidery hoop. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's embroidering. Oh, okay. Things yeah. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this week we cho- uh, we chose, or Karen chose her book, and she chose Daphne's book. Daphne's um, book. Oh, why? I, it was because when we were talking last week and I said, these are the kinds of books I hated when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, is this one of those books? No, this is one of the first books I ever liked that was actually oh, okay. that actually was still sort of a kid's book. Gotcha. Is the the uh, girls in it are in seventh grade? But yeah, yeah, I just like this one. But I don't know. I mean, this is uh, so we're recording on Thursday. Thursday the what is today the the, the fifth. fifth? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Nevada will come in while we're. I, I you know it's funny. I think Georgia's going to come in before Nevada. Do you really? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a nail biter. It's a nail biter. Um, after Tuesday, I kind of, like, was already, like, getting myself ready for defeat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you start, like, prepping yourself up, all right, this is not going to go the right way or my way or the way I want it. <laughs> and every sports fan knows, like, about this. Oh, it's the ninth inning. We're not going to win. Mm-hmm. And But you still have a little bit of hope, which, you know, kind of ties into this book, actually, in some weird way. Yeah, I thought so, too. Well, you want to just go over, like, briefly summarize, um, you know. And sure. Like, you know, like I just wanted to book. acknowledge where we're that where we're at. Oh, where we are? No, we are because we're on pins and needles. Is where we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't been flipping out too badly. It just you know, the I didn't think we'd get an answer on Tuesday, and so I was pretty happy to wake up Wednesday morning and see a lot yeah. more blue. Yeah, that's true. I think for me, I, I wanted such a definitive, like a landslide that there, you know, there would be no question. Yeah, uh, and you like that you. Like a mandate, you know what I mean. You can't, right. you can't deny the need for change or the want for change, and and even yeah. the fact that it's this close is is slightly disheartening to me, right? Um, as an American, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's not anything that you know we don't know. It's just it's always shocking to be constantly reminded by it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know why I didn't. I didn't. I never thought that was. I never thought that was going to happen. Because there's just too many, there's, there's too many people sort of always up in our face all the time, you know, like there are just too many people out there who it seems like are, are happy that this is, you know, what they wanted. Maybe not the COVID part necessarily, but they don't seem to hate the COVID part as much as I would like them to. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny that uh, the areas where the huge spikes are, are in like the Dakotas and, you know, areas where it seems like the Trump rallies are definitely like biblical. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the biblical plague, like spreading stuff. I don't know. 
it's yeah. it's weird. It's it's definitely um you know, I, I can't speak for any other generation and I'm you know, I'm sure, you know, it's not as maybe it's not as bad as it was, you know, in the forties, fifties, you know, and sixties. But it's you know, it you can As far as the sort of cultural division or Yeah, and as far as like the extreme yeah, I mean there's still violence, but I mean just, you know, the progress with regards to having rights where back then it was inconceivable for whether it be people of color, women, um, you know, gays to have rights. There are some, you know, there are some rights available. And, you know, I think what we just may have to make sure that they remain, Um, you know what I mean? Because as we're seeing, it can easily um, slip away. Right. That this is the sort of, two three steps forward two steps back and hopefully it's not four steps back yeah i mean you know i i I often wonder how like you know coming out of in the 80s and you know was too young but just to see how conservative things got under reagan and you know is it did people feel the same way you know you know anxiety filled with anxiety and stuff like that yeah you know waiting on like hope i wonder like it was a transition to clinton hope you know what i mean right i know it was for obama you know from Bush to Obama, it was the hope and the need for change. But this, this doesn't feel the same way. It feels like it's not, it's not so much about hope. It's about almost a last stand Mm. to, you know, and you know, that's a lot of hyperbole there, but it's almost like, you know, like you need, like, if, if not now, then, you know, when, and what's going to happen because things are going to happen that are not positive for people who don't look a certain way or yeah. make a certain amount of money. <laughs> you know or, what I mean? like, or, yeah. And really not positive for anyone. Yeah. It really isn't. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. So, Oh, America. so that's what's happening. <laughs> Checking, check but you know, it's, it's still, it's still possible and it's still possible, but we'll I think we happens. should take a trip to 1983. I think they're in Maryland. <laughs> Oh, they are in Maryland, yeah. 1983 in Maryland with Jessica and Daphne. And Daphne. And And Hope. And And her little sister was named Hope. Yeah. Oh, her sister was named Hope. Yeah. So, actually, you, like, how would you describe this book? Uh, I, I would describe this book as a seventh grader having to deal with, well, having to deal with friendship and the changes in friendship and the changes... You know, like she had a friend who they used to be best friends. And then that friend kind of wanted to mature a little bit more. So she started hanging out with the a little bit more mature girls who were into boys. And the main character, Jessica, was not so, you know, she wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. But she just missed her friend. And she didn't want to be lonely because nobody wants to be lonely. You know, nobody wants to lose their friends. And 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 the the new girls that her... Her friend was hanging out with were mean. Yeah, they were mean girls, <laughs> bullies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there was this one girl, Daphne, who was new to the neighborhood or and new to the school, and she was very quiet and very, um, you know, just sad and quiet. And everyone made fun of her, which was really fucked up. <laughs> like the best, the best material they had because her name was Daphne was to call her Daffy Duck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they didn't have, they weren't working with good writers, uh, <laughs> any good lines. Yeah, and it was really ridiculous. 
But so the main the main character, she what? She gets paired with Daphne in a in her English class for a, a project where they're supposed to write and illustrate a book together. Yeah. So Mr. O'Brien, who's the English teacher, is going to pair the students up. Uh so he he sees something, I guess, in Jessica who's the main character and also sees that, you know, she would be a good pair with um Daphne and he pairs them up. Yeah, because the the book is going to be entered in a contest, and so he thinks that he tells her you're the best writer, and she's the best uh, she's the best drawer in the class, and you could do something special. And I also think you're a special person who wouldn't be mean to her. Yeah, and but but Jessica's unhappy about being uh, paired with Daphne because she thinks you know she just doesn't want to be made fun of too. Yeah, I mean, it is, and this book really is a lot about the peer pressure and not doing the right thing kind of always letting the mean girls kind of like win. Yeah. And take over from doing the right thing and, and, and then beating yourself up over not doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah definitely um, a good book. You kind of get mad at Jessica, but you, you, I'm looking at it as a 43 year old man who doesn't give a shit what his friends say. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, or or people like you know I don't know but like to her that that's everything you know yeah well because she yeah she keeps failing she becomes friends with Daphne and uh, they have a great time together but then anytime they get around the other group you know she just sort of fails Daphne over and over again yeah but least- then but then ultimately sort of the the big secret is that. You know, Daphne and Hope are living with her grandmother, and her grandmother is increasingly more and more senile. And uh, both of both of the girls' parents have died: the dad in Vietnam and the mom in a car accident. And so uh, they they're just sort of living rougher and rougher. And the you know the utilities are getting turned off, and there's and and then what Daphne drops out of school for a long time because she's afraid to leave her little sister with her grandmother. Yeah, she's and she claims to be sick and you know she's like I don't want to I don't yeah, I don't want to leave her with my grandmother. I think the clinical term for the grandmother was batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's yeah. what it was. And she starts to think her dead son's going to come back and Oh, that's terrible. That it's is awful. So, yeah, so ultimately, though, but uh, Jessica, the main character, has promised Daphne that she won't tell anyone about the grandmother and then ends up telling her brother and then her mom. And so, uh, you know, they kind of frame a lot of it around like, you know, is it, you know, how do you keep a secret for someone or when should you keep a secret for someone? But the once the her mom goes out and ends up calling Child Protective Services and and so the girls are put in a foster home for a bit. Right. Um, but then, but then they, they do find in the, in the grandmother dies like this, this book goes in. Yeah. The grandmother dies like pneumonia and she, ref- cause she kept also refusing to eat when they were trying to like help her in the hospital. Yeah. And yeah, she just dies. And she told Daphne it was all her fault. I mean, it was. <laughs> Damn it, Daphne. Damn it, Daphne. Um, hey, but so there they you know, so there was sort of a happy ending of that the, <laughs> they were they were gonna be placed with the girls were gonna be placed with these I don't know, cousins or uh yeah, I think they were cousins. Yeah, I think they were the mother's you know? cousin. 
they were yeah. the mother's side of the family because they were from New England. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, there's so many moments where um, you kind of like kind of cringe and like know, like you, you kind of know that Daphne, not Daphne, Jessica is going to do the wrong thing and fuck over Daphne again. You, your heart really goes out to Daphne. It surprises me every time. Yeah. Even, I mean, I've probably reread the book. I, I read it again today and I probably, you know, I probably read it three or four times, but like in my life, but every time I'm like, Oh God, she, it's like th- probably three or four times that she, yeah. And like, just, if, if this was, yeah. if this was like Peter at Gethsemane, like, you know, Jesus would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit much. And you know, you, you're like, you kind of want to be like, yo, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, right. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of like because, yeah, I mean, you know, that's it's really fascinating because, you know, for as angry and cynical as Daphne is, she so, still like tries to open up to Jessica, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like she's still like she's still I mean, she's still looking for a friend like this lonely little girl is just like it's, you know, maybe an abusive relationship, but I guess. But like she's like, um. In the middle of the night, she would, you know, they don't have a phone because they're so poor. And in the middle of the night, um, she would, you know, go to the gas station and give her a call because she just wanted to have some sort of, like, friendship, you know? Yeah, because she's so isolated. Yeah, and even, you know, even after, you know, Jessica had screwed her over so many times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and Jessica does ultimately stand up to the other girls, but she doesn't do it in front of Daphne. And it's almost too late. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it is too late, you know, like if Daphne, you know, Daphne's willingness to not go to school is also, you know, uh, a part of not fitting in. You know, if she had any feeling that she belonged there, it would it wouldn't be that easy to not go. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's, but she also feels so much responsibility to take care of her little sister and take care of her grandmother, even though, yeah. you know, it should be the reverse. Yeah, but, you know, being, you know, batshit crazy, it doesn't really... <laughs> doesn't leave a lot of room. doesn't, yeah. I mean, the, the, the feeding the hot dogs to the cats instead of the kids, it was just, you know, way, yeah, too, that... way too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you feel like this book was a giant downer? No, I, you know, one of the things I did like, I mean, I really did like this book. I think that... um I like the when they're like trying to come up with their story and it's basically waiting for someone who to return, you know, like someone's like missing and and what's her name? Jessica is a little bit more hopeful. You know, Jessica has, you know, her parents are divorced, but she has a stable household. Her mother, you know, is, you know, a librarian. Um, She has a home. She has a brother. She has some sort of nuclear family type situation going on right you know where it allows you the uh, ability to have more i guess hope or be naive in that sense you know right. a childhood for, for crying out loud <laughs> it, right so that was <laughs> yeah. that was she even said that at some point of you know when when she and her brother look in the fridge and complain about mm. how there's no food i mean that there's no you know strawberry yogurt and chocolate cake or whatever it was right 
you know, whereas when she goes over to Daphne's house, there's literally no food. Yeah, like that that's the real deal. And yeah. you know, and I think Daphne's contribution to that portion was, you know, no, the person, you know, never returns. Yeah. Yeah, and it it's not like a uh you know, oh well silver lining. I got to have a learning experience about other people's lives, but you know, but you do I, I mean, even when things aren't so extreme, like the scenario of the book, like I do think when you're a kid and you get to go over to other people's houses, it really is sort of like mind broadening in a way that is really surprising, you know, because it's not like when you go to school, especially I was in Catholic school, so we were all in uniforms. Yeah. And, you know, part of the thing with uniforms is it is supposed to like tone down class differences. Correct. Yes. Yep. 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 Um, but so then you go over to other people's houses and it's just like, oh, they're really – everybody does live so differently. Yeah. I mean um, – Did you ever experience that as a kid? Or? Oh, for sure. You know, like, you know, growing up, I went to Catholic school as well. And, like, when we took our uniforms off, you know, I didn't have shiny Nikes that the other kids had. Yeah. You know, it, it was you – know, Yeah, you could always tell still. Yeah. it's and You're like, oh, well, you know, I got, you know, ponies. Uh, Is that know. a shoe brand? Yeah. So, did they have favor favor shoe outlets in Bayou? No. So, uh, favor is like you know was like um, what's that shoe store? The the Payless. Pay, yeah, it was like Payless before Payless. You know, was around. So, their brand name sneaker was uh, Pony Pony sneakers, and that's that's you know that's you know if you have Pony sneakers, you know. People knew the deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's what I got. They were okay. Yeah, ponies. Yeah, listen, uh, didn't make you know no difference. But um, you know, but when you start getting older, you know, seventh, eighth grade into high school, you start, you know, people make fun of you, and you're like, oh, okay, no, yeah. I need to, you know, you kind of want to like, you don't want pony anymore. You want maybe like a Nike or back then it was like Reebok. You know, the Reebok's still around, but you know, like those those type of um sneakers like brand names yeah yeah to you know to be cool and you know you can you want levi jeans you don't want like you know i don't i forgot the name of the jeans that were like a no frills jeans but yeah i i totally get it but like you know it's it's kind of like yeah it's class class i mean there's a huge class uh thing in this um yeah you know and then also too there's the there's the way that other people's homes are different emotionally yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like the the way that um, Jessica could, she never had to ask her mom anything. She would just say to Daphne, like, oh, you can come in for dinner or my mom will give you a ride home. Yeah. Like it was implied, like, yeah, she's going to do it, you know? Yeah. There was, it's the, that the level of confidence that Jessica had in her mom. Yeah. That she never realized was something that she could just sort of take for granted. Yeah, definitely. Was was really amazing versus, you know, going you go over to Daphne's house and everything is just this erratic old woman who's going to, you know, who's really volatile and actually shoves the kids sometimes when she's, you know, really loopy. Yeah, no, it's like, there's that one scene where like, Oh, you can come over. My grandmother's sleeping. And like you, you're kind of waiting for her to wake up. Cause you know, she's going to run and yell. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 lo and behold, it does happen. Um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> It, it, yeah. it does build up these moments of tense uh, emotion and feeling. And, you know, you get to feel that, you know, that Je- Jessica is like, you get to see how like, it's kind of nerve wracking 
which only makes you think like, fuck, that it must be nerve wracking for Daphne as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, poor Hope, who's just like, just happy go lucky kid, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. But then she's, yeah, and then she starts to believe the grandmother when the grandmother is having these visions of seeing, you know, her dead father. Yeah, it was one of these, yeah, at the point I was like, is this going to take a weird turn into some mystical <laughs> bullshit, like, that I'm going to have to, like, you know, yell at Karen. <laughs> yeah, it was the ghost that ate the hot dogs. <laughs> she was feeding the ghost. Ghosts love hot dogs. Well, they do. <laughs> yeah, what did, what was your... What was your house like as far as did you were you a closer to a Jessica house or, or a Daphne house as far as like you know, like could you just sort of did you expect that your your family would be normal around other people or did you have to sort of like navigate that? Well, it, you know, my household, you know, prior to, you know, well, like my mom and dad like got divorced at like when I was like 5, so my household was probably, you know, closer to Jessica because my grandmother just took care of me. She basically raised me, you know, while okay. my mother worked. So, you know, I was very well taken care of, but when she passed away, like not that it turned, it definitely didn't turn into a Daphne household, but I yeah. was, um, be, I, and was, I don't mean so much about the material stuff just as the no, sort of love and the, comfort. like emotional. Yeah, yeah. Love and comfort for sure. And I, I think, you know, um, we spoke last week about pivotal moments in our lives or defining moments. And I think, the reason why for me that would be a defining or pivotal moment in my life is because I think while my mother had to work, you know, she worked like two or three jobs at certain times, wow. it kind of took her away from providing the emotional, like she didn't have to provide that because she was working hard, but she knew that my grandmother, her mother would do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like she knew that like me and my sister were covered, but when she passed away and she still had to work all those hours, then that emotional support kind of like it wasn't there yeah. anymore, you know? So yeah. you're like, okay. So it, like I said, it never turned into a dafting situation, but you kind right. of, uh, at an early age, you, you tend to feel like you're on your own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a point where Daphne straight up says to her little sister, we have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And that's, um, Yeah. But don't you dodge the question for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, which was. <laughs> no, the question was, you asked me, like, which household did you feel like, or not oh, which household, how was your household with regards to. It was definitely not, I mean, it, it wasn't a, an, a matter of like material neglect mm. for sure. You know, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, utilities getting turned off kind of situation. My parents were very responsible. Yeah. But it was, my mom was just very volatile. Okay. And so I think that was the part with the, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like having someone with dementia around my, you know, my mom could act normal for <laughs> sure. But it was just that you always, you, that kind of like, um, six, six cents. Yeah. That, that, oh my God. I was just like, how many senses are there? <laughs> I'm the an idiot. Um, like that, that sort of like extra sense that Daphne had, you know, where like, you're just always, you've got, you've got sort of a feeler always out for that volatile person of what are they going to do? And so you can't, yeah. and you can't really, it's not safe. That's, that's called PTSD. To ever let go of that. That's PTSD. <laughs> that is, it, it really is. It, <laughs> it's trauma. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's like you're um, always on high alert because you know shit's going to pop off. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes it so like you can't ever prioritize your feelings mm, in yeah. situations because it's yeah. just not the most important feeling. The most important thing is to always be assessing Oh, the volatile person's yeah. feelings. Yeah. And so that, it, you know, like things aren't going to be great, but at least you can try to like not have an eruption. Yeah. And I think that is, it's not, I mean, it's a trait that can go to anyone, but most, I think it's seen in women who yeah. are basically, and not, you know, I mean like women probably, you know, now things are a little bit more progressive, but I still believe that, you know, the idea that women always have to take a back seat and take be the caregiver, and I think that's kind of very similar, you know. Yeah. Just like, oh, you know, it's you know, I I have to worry about everyone else's comfort first and my own, you know. Oh, I have to serve everybody for everyone has to eat before I eat, you know. Um, right. Those things, yeah, I think they're very similar. But then there's this undercurrent of anger well, that yeah, happens that, that's because why, of it. That's why a lot of women, when they get older in their old age, you know, there's a lot of resentment and anger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is all um, generalizing, but you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I feel a little bad that I just said crazy the way I did, because I don't mean to throw that out. So, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, mental health is tough. No, I mean, it's, the true word. It's not <laughs> It's, it's not a, you know, it's not a, I didn't, I don't mean to just say that in such a pejorative way of like, oh, my mom was crazy. No, I mean, you know, there's always, you know, I mean, you know, we, we, the brain is pretty awesome and complicated and, and shit, you know, just shit will get, get crazy in a minute sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I really feel bad for Daphne, like throughout the whole book, it's like. You kind of want to just like punch those little girls. You can't punch little girls in the head, but you kind of just want the, what's it, Tracy and Shelly? Is that their names? Is there one more, I think? Tracy and Sherry, and then Michelle is the really mean one. Michelle is the really one, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she's the Regina George. She's the what? uh, The Regina George. Who? who? From Mean Girls. Oh, I've never seen that movie. What? I guess, oh, it's so good. I guess we have to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Mm. Um, is that the one? Uh, is she played by, what's her name? Um, Rachel McAdams? Rachel McAdams? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite thing Rachel McAdams has ever done. Oh, The Family Stone. The Family I forgot Stone. about that. That's my Christmas movie. Uh, That's my put up the Christmas tree. Uh, movie just kind of messed up you know um this movie um this movie this book <laughs> you got me when they were mcdonald's i um kept remembering yeah. mcdonald's in the 80s like how magical the taste was yeah and how i miss it um and how when i eat mcdonald's today it's not the same it doesn't it it doesn't seem like a taste anymore it just seems like a smell mm. Like it just seems like, like a, the smell of the grease in the fries, and yeah. then and then it just feels like sickness in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. No, and, and I was wondering because like my daughter loves McDonald's, and like usually yeah. what we do is like when there's like a um, 
every time there's like a wrestling uh, pay per view, our, mm-hmm. our like tradition is, you know, we'll we'll go. I'll run to McDonald's, just like five minute walk. I'll run back and we'll have McDonald's during the pay per view. So like you know, once a month we get, um, we'll go once or twice a month we'll go and get McDonald's. And for her, she loved it. And I wonder if she has that same like to her. I wonder if it tastes as good as it did for me in the eighties. And I, right. and I wonder in like 20 years for her, will it be just as kind of like chemically and weird? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, isn't it, I, isn't it specifically, you know, scientifically formulated so that it creates those kind of um, sense memory bonds? Maybe. I mean, children? yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think they, it's, it's very intentional. Yeah. I, you're, I mean, I, if, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. Because, yeah, because even like, you know, also for me, like getting McDonald's was like a super treat, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. you, you got to like, you know, every, like very few and far between. Like maybe one, like if you were going to the doctor's office, you know, right. and I just got a shot, it would be a treat, you know, like something in like, kind of like, it was never, and, and we never got Happy Meals. Um, no, you know, that was like, you know, ridiculous. It was always, yeah. Know, um, it was like something where if we, there was a town about an hour and a half, two hours away that had more shopping. So if we went there for the day, mm-hmm. you know, that then you would get fast food, Yeah, but people just didn't eat that much fast food or, you know, just, or take out of any kind like they do now. Yeah. It's funny. Um, also, another yeah. thing is that you grew up here, so I don't know if it was always this way, but fast food in New York City sucks. Like, it is, compared to what it tastes like outside of the city, yeah. it's like a delicious, beautiful thing, but the it's so bad here. Yeah, I think, you know, the it definitely has, definitely doesn't taste that good. Um, <laughs> I, but, it, you know, in my mind, like I said, the McDonald's used to taste amazing. Um, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> that was just gold. It was just delightful, like, you know, but um, I even forgot. I got so, I got so excited, I forgot store. what I was going to say. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> they actually make the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, I mean, not everything, but they, like, actually do break down the chickens and do, you know, they fry it in the store. Yeah. It's not like it's just reheated, like, banquet you know, frozen chicken. Yeah. Oh, Although I, I love banquet frozen chicken when I was a kid. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And you, oh yeah. That was a treat. That one's good. And also, um, the TV dinner, um, microwave fried chicken where it didn't taste like chicken yeah. at all. What, what They would give you corn. I think they would give you the chicken corn. I forgot what other side. And then you'd get like, um, maybe like a brownie that didn't really taste like a brownie. Yeah. I kind of want to buy a TV dinner to see what's up. <laughs> it's funny that you say the chicken that doesn't taste like chicken. Like, you know, the, the classic Burger King chicken sandwich, the long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, one? Mm-hmm, yeah. That it, it does not taste like chicken, but it's just so good. I haven't had those. I had a chicken sandwich and not that one. I had a different chicken sandwich at Burger King and it swore uh-huh. me. It's I'm don't, I don't ever want Burger King again. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, they turned me off. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't had fast food for so like for years and years. Actually, the first time I had fast food in probably five years was with you on the way back from the A-frame one time. 
Remember oh, that? And then we both got yeah. so sick and couldn't find like yeah, we, I got really we sick. We were driving oh, around Bayonne God. trying to find somewhere where we could you can't turn left in Bayonne. <laughs> so we couldn't like we couldn't get to anywhere that the fit would have a bathroom. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> but don't forget we had Taco Bell in, in New Orleans. Oh yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> yeah, that, of all the things he eat. But that guy delivered. <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. I love me some Taco Bell too. It was while we both kept passing out watching The Haunting of Hill House. Such a terrible show. So terrible. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, is there anything like since, you know, as, um, as a, when did you read this? Like what, what age were you when you read this the first time? I think I was in middle school. You were in middle school? Yeah. So I did like, do, do you, is there anything that like really resonates with you? Um, like a, just like, you know, friendships and growing up, like, you know, there's always something that people could find in books or movies. Yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, definitely the sort of like not, not being able to bring people home thing <laughs> Yeah, was one, but then also, um, there was a girl, the, there's, <laughs> there was a girl in my class who got picked on all mm-hmm. the time and she was kind of, um, she was not that different from me. She was, she was sort of mousy in a way that I wasn't and had, she had buck teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't, we, we, yeah, like physically we looked pretty similar. I'm not going to say her name, but she had a, she had sort of an unfortunate name. Her first name was Cassandra mm-hmm. and her last name mm. uh, would sound like a very funny joke. Um, but it's a, it's a name that there's a, a huge family that has that last name in the town that I'm from. And, uh, but this girl, she, I don't know, like there was just something about her where the boys knew that they could go in on her. Mm -hmm. And so there was just like in the book, there's the kid, Tony, who's always, you know, acting up and cutting up. And and he's the one who teases Daphne the most. Um, there was this kid, Bob, and, uh, he just was relentless towards her. And like, he would, you know, in the in the lunchroom in front of like 200 kids, he would, you know, pretend like he was down on his knees, you know, singing to her, asking her out. And it was all, you know, a, just a joke because he was one of the like popular rich kids. Mm. And she came from one of the more she, I think her family, her family owns like a construction business, which is funny. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with people who own a construction business. No. Um, no, not here anyway, but Definitely um, not New York. No, <laughs> no, but I, it's when I was reading it today, I thought, I thought about that because I remember, I mean, she and I were not, we weren't friends. Um, you know, we weren't actively not friends, but I, I remember having that sort of sense of like, I feeling, feeling like she should like, why is she letting him, why is she just taking that? Mm hmm. Because she didn't say anything back, but I, I'm sure she was humiliated. Yeah, no one, um, no, it, no one likes any of that. <laughs> yeah, and but but it also it never occurred to me to tell him to stop. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, so that was something I was thinking about today. That mm. I, you know, as as Jessica continued to disappoint me, and I was like, oh no, one more time. You still, you still aren't going to stand up for her. I, I don't know. I didn't. I mean, I was never. I didn't really. I didn't really experience bullying. I and I. I just sort of had my my head down mm. in a lot of ways. Um, 
you know, like I was just trying to get through, I was just trying to graduate and get out of there. Yeah. And so that, that wasn't something, I don't know if I just didn't, you know, present a target in the same kind of way. You know, it's not that no one was ever mean to me, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that was, that was something that kind of resonated today because it, I, I would like to think that 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 feels like it's something that reoccurs, like things where, you know, there've been continue to be situations every few years where afterwards I'll think, Oh, I wish I had like, I tend to be more of a freezer yeah, than a, you know, and I, I wish that I, I wish that I, you know, sort of engaged more in the moment. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's, you know, you're, Growing up, he's trying to figure out who you are. He's trying to see where you fit in. It's, you know, it's not easy. We can, like I said, it's easy to be mad at Jessica like 30, 40 years later, but like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you know, navigating your social circles is really hard. Um, yeah. And, and I imagine it's not easy to be a seventh grader with the body of an 11 year old who, you know, is sort of, you know, just studious and, quiet and who's who's one really good friend is just you know gone away yeah yeah and that's really because that's really she's still like hanging on to like some hope that you know tracy will, will um you know come back to her and that it can be the way it used to be you know yeah um yeah i don't know what about you did you ever ever have like weird sort of painful friend group shifts i mean you know i you know one of those things that i don't like it's funny so there's been maybe probably two or three times that I could think of where everyone was bullying this one particular individual. So I remember mm-hmm. one time this kid, Ralph, um, I don't remember his last name, but we were in, you know, I think this is probably like seventh or eighth grade and um, everyone bullied him. So, um, you know, I wanted to like, you know, I tried to befriend him and, and, and you know, I was trying to be nice to him. And then it turned out he was actually kind of an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Fuck off. You're you're a prick. All right, go, you know, like I didn't I didn't feel bad for him anymore. <laughs> yeah. And the same similar thing happened to me in my 20s when I started working uh construction. There was this one guy who everyone made fun of. And I actually got really loud with somebody and you know, it was going to turn into like a fight. And then, you know, it, 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 we, we simmered down uh, and everything. But then, like, weeks later, I was like, oh, my God, this guy really is a fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's my problem? You know, like, you know, I don't know. Not that, I, not that I have a hero complex, but I was just like, I really didn't – I don't like bullying. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you know, this, maybe this – you know, so, some people – maybe some people deserve it. No, no one deserves to be bullied. Um, <laughs> it was just, yeah, it, those are the two times that I can definitely remember where I was like, huh, that's weird. Um, they actually, you know, earned that maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, we have this guy at work that um, we kind of bully. So we had to, like, stop. And it wasn't like bullying. It was like just like um, relentless, like teasing. And it was like, um, yeah. So we, we, you know, we just had to stop because it was it was getting it was it was a bit much. Um, yeah. But like you know, yeah, it's still fun to do though. <laughs> 
because you know I, it's one of those things where like it's for me it's teasing and it's like it's because you know you know it's because I like the kid that, that's kind of yeah. how we grew up and like in, when I work when I work construction and if they fucked with you you know they it's because they they liked you you know right um you know as long as it doesn't get like you know over the you know over the top and too much you know or or physical for crying out loud but um yeah it's sometimes you you start to see that it might be too much for certain some people like some people could take it and some people can't you know right and i think you have to be mindful of that but you know well yeah it's working from home you know i'm sure he's he's all healed up and getting ready for the next round in a year or two Uh, yeah, it is funny though how the you know it, especially in friend groups how if things are too polite it means there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it's like, hey, are you mad at me? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what is this level of insincerity for? Yeah. Why are you being so cheery? Yeah, definitely. That that is yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it got there was a certain point where uh the it seemed like everybody I was friends with the way that they they texted and the way that they would post things on social media kind of shifted mm. where all of a sudden which because I think people are so much more chipper than they really are, you know, it's all exclamation you're not but you're not chipper. You're not. You're no. You don't do this. But pretty much everybody I know does get. They get. You know, get all exclamation pointy at the end, and just like, oh wow, awesome. You know, blah blah. And I remember a, a few times being like, oh, is this person fucking with me? <laughs> like, what is this? And then I just realized it was just sort of like a a tonal shift. Yeah. That had happened where like everybody sounds sort of like they're just dippy. But it's just being, you know, overly like you have to you have to be like five points more positive sounding than you normally would be just to sound normal. Yeah, it could be also to try to like um, acquire some sort of personality through a, a, a short text. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know I'm trying to over emote because these are just <laughs> words, limited words. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's like, oh wow, yay! Can't wait to see you. And it's like, can you imagine me saying that? Like, yeah, shouting, saying that in person. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I don't, I'm really like weird about texting people and like or writing emails. It, like, it's just something that gives me like anxiety sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, uh, did I say this right? Did this person take this the wrong way? I hope this, you know, like <laughs> it gets real. Oh, totally. It gets really like, and then I'm just like, and then until the point, it's funny because it gets so weird until the point where I'm just like, fuck it, send it. <laughs> that's how it gets sent and then i'm angry about it for some odd reason i'm just like <laughs> what's wrong with me <laughs> oh it's you made a note about the teacher being creepy yeah i think you know it's a it's a it's a coming of age story for a young girl so i'm always expecting some creepy dude to pull out his penis right i mean that's <laughs> like you know i grew up in new york this is what happens <laughs> yeah but he he actually was sincere. Um, but I did think it was a it was a little dated that the teacher was able to you know be so um, familiar and nice with the girls. Yeah. As far as like oh you know do you want to stop by your house I'll do it if you're not going to 
where you know in like putting his hand on Jessica's shoulder when she cried or something like that yeah the one- and now like i think you know now things would be you know that would be considered inappropriate definitely a lot of the time and then i think at one point like when he puts like you know when you put your like index finger in a curved way and you chin someone up you know like chin you know yeah. what i mean like i think he does that um, like when they're baltage huh <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. Brian and his brother would always do if they chucked each other under the chin. They would say, "My balls itch." Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that came out of nowhere for me. I was like, what? Yeah. Just it, the next time you see Brian, surprise him. Do that. Scratch his balls. Yeah, he he, he still does not really enjoy it that much. I don't know why he told me about it because it just like opened him up to twenty five years of <laughs> trauma. Get, yeah, getting chucked under the chin. Yeah, yeah that's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I was expecting. I mean, you know, I just expect these things sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, you're the father of a daughter. Got to be on the lookout. Yeah, of course. Because men are scum. <laughs> well, so... That is that's Daphne's book. That is Daphne's book. Much like the, um, much like um, Tales of the Fourth Grade Nothing. It's it's a, you know a lot of kids doing shit really young. You know, like walking two miles by themselves. Yeah, I don't know. Did you walk two miles when you were twelve? Uh, I rode my bike a lot. Okay. Yeah, that was. I mean, I don't know if when I was twelve. But that was that was how I got around. Basically, was I rode my bike. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, probably when I was thirteen, fourteen, like ride the bike and go. I wouldn't go that far, but you know, we I think we would go pretty far. I don't know. Like when I was fourteen, is when I really started to explore. I don't know, but to me, like I always say, there's like um, the country is is m- makes me more nervous in the city. Yeah. Cause. Yeah, because when you're uh I was talking to somebody about this recently, like in the I and maybe it was you a week ago. <laughs> the, <laughs> the that in the when you're in the city people means that having people around means that you're safe. Yeah. And when you're in the country having people around it means that there's trouble. Mm. Because they shouldn't be there. So like when I would go home um, you know, in my twenties to visit, it was just like, Oh my God, why is it so quiet? Right. And then if you did hear anybody, then that was scary. Yeah. Yeah. Why is there a group of people in front of someone's house? That means someone's sick or someone passed, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. Cause country folk don't get along. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> Man, I, Speaking of country folk, I the whole um all of the pundits talking about the the urban rural split, you know, that that's a bigger factor than red blue. Yeah. I don't know, I'm kinda of taking it personally. But why? <laughs> why are you taking it personally? Like the I I just think we pay so much in taxes. <laughs> And the idea that like oh like the cities are just full of these like deviants that aren't real Americans. Yeah. Like at, at 
really bugs the fuck I mean, out of me. It's all code words, you know. It's like you know, it's it's you know, black and brown people, women who work, who want rights. Yeah, <laughs> the gays. You know, it's all the code. Urban is code for all of that. You know, right? Um, uh, but like, I would never want. shit on people for being like farmers or staying where they are or you know having small town jobs like the i of course i don't know it just seems so goofy that this idea that based on where you live it says something about you know your morality yeah and it's i'm so tired of that it's such a um yeah it's 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 stupid it's just something to create discord and also to create a divide um you know, it's funny because when you look at the New York State map, um, it's all red except for like two, three areas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, well, thank God for those two, three blue areas, you know, because that's where the concentration right. of the population is. But I don't know. I it I don't know. I read somewhere that um, it was like a tweet or something like a thanks election map for telling me where I, where I can travel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's kind of true. You know, it's like. I don't know, and and I don't I don't mean to. I, I really don't like have any issue with anyone living in a small town. That's that's no. Um, and I don't actually think you know. I and not for nothing. I think small towns are just as uh, morally cor- corrupt as urban towns. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. They, the only yeah. issue is is that they they try harder in in, in keeping a, a facade or the aesthetic of, of not being morally corrupt you know yeah i don't know i've seen enough tv shows (laughs) (laughs) you know well and also there's i don't know like small towns and city and big cities are not the people in them are not monoliths you know definitely like there's there's plenty of blue you know specks in all that red oh yeah you just you know so like i i don't know it's just a bummer that people can't look at one another as individuals, you know, who bring value. Yeah. Like they really, <laughs> Yeah, but it, um, that would be too easy. Right. I don't know. There, I mean, there really is strength and diversity. Like all you have to do is look at nature to see that, you know? Yeah. Well, they're, so they're why, trying to kill nature. So, <laughs> yeah, so they really don't, that's true. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's just such a bummer. There was, Oh, I don't know if I told you there was a, um, the school that I voted at mm-hmm. on Tuesday. How long did it take I, you? I was in and out in five minutes. Oh, same here. It was fifteen for us. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't a pain in the ass. And I got. Oh my gosh, I got an amazing parking spot right at the front of a bus lane. It was so perfect. Wow, everything, my, everything, everything went <laughs> roses that day. It really was. But yeah, so it was at, at a school, and um, then. Later that day, an article from Toll Road came up in my uh, social media feed, and there was a, like a guy had a guy had gone and, and parked. He said a hundred feet away, but he really wasn't from the poll, and mm-hmm. was you know yelling about Trump and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out that um, like Twitter tracked him down after the cops. He did, the cops didn't even really make him leave, um, but. They, it, it's just over on 17th street. It's like, you know, a few, this guy has a business just a few blocks away from where I live. <laughs> it it was just weird to see something like come up on, you know, all these national news sites and be like, Oh, that's where I voted. 
<laughs> like he was threatening to fight this guy and it's just so dumb. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing is just just let people like if, go out and do the thing. Like I don't know why well, people go invest. If you want to have a rally, have a rally, but don't don't go to a poll on election day. Yeah. Like that's illegal. It that's is illegal, all. But they won't get arrested. No. No. Yeah, the cops the cops didn't care. Nah. And the you know, the guy that he was threatening to beat up. He, you know, he kept doing the whole, come say that to my face or whatever. And the guy was like, no, you come say it to mine. Cause he knew that he was yeah. close enough to the pole. Yeah. What a mess. Well, listen, we'll see what happens. Um, is there any, uh, recommendations you have for this week? Um, just hang in there. <laughs> That's not a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, I think because this week I've returned to like my my NPR roots. No, mm-hmm. oh, it's and uh, really haven't been haven't been watching that much other stuff. So that's why you were like, just hang in there. Don't worry. Just hang it. in there. You're just an NPR voice. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, just it's, <laughs> it's going to be all right. What about you? Uh, I, I watched this um, documentary called Class Action Park. Okay, and it's it's on HBO Max, and it's about. This uh, theme park called Action Park that was in New Jersey, and it was it was oh yeah, it was big in the seventies and eighties. And I remember going there. Um, I went there twice in the eighties, and it really was just a fucking bundle of death trap. Yeah, but you know, even like as a kid, I think I went there when I was like twelve or thirteen, and I, I remember being scared of the rides. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah, just watching watching this documentary was really. Like, what's an example of one of the dangerous rides? They had this water slide uh-huh. that you do, um, like, a, a full circle. Oh. So, like, you would go and do, like, a full, like, so, like, think of, like, you know, you go down really fast, and then you'd, like, loop, and then you shoot out, right? Oh, my God. So, they had all these test runs, and the first time uh, the person didn't weigh, you know, enough or weigh too much. And they got stuck in mm-hmm. the loop. <laughs> and then another time, um, you know, after a couple of times, people started coming out with like scratches and abrasions. So they, they wondered what was going on. And when they opened the top hatch, they um, found teeth that stuck in the top and were scratching people because when they would like, when if they couldn't complete the complete circle, they would hit their mouth on the ramp and hit their teeth. Oh God! Yeah, and that's what was scratching them. Human teeth. Human teeth. <laughs> I definitely recommend this because it's really funny and also just debaucherous. <laughs> Why did they eventually shut down? Uh, lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lawsuits and regulations uh, coming out of, I guess, you know, the Clinton administration. <laughs> Amazing. Um, no, but it was just definitely so nostalgic and great. It was wonderful. <laughs> and I definitely recommend it because <laughs> you just see what a shit show the 70s and 80s were. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. 
so you can find us uh, all over social media um, and our website, brokencorners.com. And um, we actually got some good suggestions for books oh, wonderful. Um, from listeners. And so we're going to take a look at those and keep them coming because we definitely are up for reading what you guys, uh, what you guys suggest. Yeah. And we'll, it'll be like a, an insight into your brain. That's right. So we'll be slightly scared. Uh, all right. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, the next uh, book, if you want to read along, is South by South Bronx by Abraham Rodriguez. And we'll see you then. Thank you. Yep. Hang in there. Be safe. Yeah. All right. Wear a mask. <laughs> bye-bye. All right. Bye.